Hello, lovely listeners, and welcome to this week's Hey Kids comic. Well done, you remembered the name of the show. How long have we been doing I was it now? Say something, I was going to say this month's edition of... This, this month. month's supply. Don't you mean this week's? Yeah. And we've been doing it nearly a year, and you stumbled over the name of the show. Uh-huh. This is why I normally do the introduction, lovely listener. Why don't you do that? <laughs> no, you were doing a fine job, though. Do you wish to carry on with the introductions, or do you wish me to do that? Yeah, it's fine. You can do it. Oh, thank you very much. Yes. I think you did, you did very well. Well, thank you. I hope it's only took you ten months yeah. to, to go, oh, go on, then I'll do it. Okay. I've done it many times. As Michael says, this is an all-new episode of Hey Kids Comics. Unless you're listening to it on Dave. <laughs> Unless you're listening to it on Dave. <laughs> Very funny. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm me. He's him. This is who we are, and this is what we do. I suppose it needs a better explanation than that, doesn't it? All right. I'm Andrew Leyland. I'm Michael Leyland. Michael's stuffing his face with chocolate. It's my birthday chocolate. Good for you if you're Harry Potter. Chocolate. I'm not. I'm Michael. Madame Pomfrey gives them lots of chocolate. 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 Yeah. Um, what was I saying? Oh yes, and this is Hey Kids Comics. A56-7W Classified Top Secret Subject is Hey Kids Comics! Comic books. An art form early alive. We can rebuild them. We have the technology. With digital downloads and bookstore penetration, which sounds a bit rude, we can make them better than they were before. Better. Stronger. So the moment you've all been waiting for, well, I'm sure. Not. I'm sure they have. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they've been sat on the edge of those seats. Come on, come on. This this was last month's news, guys. Where have you been? <laughs> yes, if you're going to be topical, yeah. And I use the word topical in speech marks. Then at least do it properly. The big DC New Fifty Two relaunch, which kicked off in September of 2011, was not to put too fine a point on it. Hugely controversial. For every fan that was quite welcoming of the initiative, there was a slew of people swearing off DC Comics forever. To be fair, I was somewhere in the middle. Fondly do I remember the furore in 1985, the last time DC announced something similar, and the sturm und drang of the elder fan base that the DCU was going the way of the dodo, and in some ways, it irritated me to now be a part of that. But there was also a part of me that was quite amused by it. Let's be honest, my Superman, my Batman, my Teen Titans were long gone anyway, and there were numerous professionals in the comics industry that were actively ignoring or doing their level best to destroy the post-crisis DC universe from, from long before this initiative was announced. Add this to DC's obsession with violence and gore, and I was a lapsed DC reader anyway. There was a point where my pull list consisted entirely of one DC book, Zatanna, and I was buying that for you. Yeah. Also... I wasn't too bothered. There's tons of old 90s DC books that I'm only just getting into. Wally West's The Flash, Justice League, Green Lantern. And these were new to me, and all of them are in the 50 pence bins. What did you think about it when you first heard about it? The reboot? Yeah. Well, I didn't see why they needed a reboot, to be honest. They've only, they've only, the sales have only increased because it's been advertised. Before that, you could, our comics were only advertised in other comics. You can only get them in special comic shops. 
Well, that's actually a very good point that yeah. you make there. If they'd have started advertising comics in other media... In newspapers. Yeah, and on TV and yeah. all that stuff. Without this, yeah. do you think that would have caused an increase in sales? Maybe, yeah. Because the amount of people who don't think that they publish comics anyway. the amount of Marvel <laughs> magazines there is for children you can pick up in a co-op or something. I don't know that you can... I mean, I don't know what distribution is like in America. Over here, in the lovely UK, which has yeah. finally embraced autumn by being bloody freezing today. Bloody cold. Yes. Marvel UK still have a heavy newsstand presence, don't they? Yeah. There's, how many titles do they publish? There's the Amazing Spider, Astonishing Spider, or whatever Spider-Man's the called. There's Children's Magazine. Yeah, there's the Children's Magazines. Yeah. There's Spider-Man, X-Men, Wolverine, The Avengers, The Fantastic Mighty Four, World Mighty Marvel. World of Marvel. There's quite a lot of newsstand comics republishing and reformatting the American ones. There's a Star Wars... Yeah. Monthly comic as well that republishes. Well. Is it cheaper? Yeah. That republishes Dark Horse's it's stuff. the same amount as a regular comic, but you got three of them. Well, don't you have three issues in all of the British reprints? Yeah. Which they're actually better value for money. Mm. We've got all of Batman R.I.P. and uh, Final Crisis and stuff in the British ones. Yeah. Right. Well, see, so that's, that's quite interesting as to whether or not if they've done this initiative with just the advertising, whether it would have took off. I mean, let's be honest, somebody had to do something. Comics readership's been dwindling for a while now, and the industry needed new blood if it's going to survive. It needs a lot more of you, yeah. 15, 16, 17-year-old readers, and a lot less of me, people who, let's be honest, are tapping on the door of 40 with both hands, if it's going to survive into the next generation. And the current crop of creators have been thus far content to milk the readership they've still had via two long crossovers and tie-ins. Marvel have coasted for the past decade on the success of their movies. And DC, well, I'm not really sure what DC's big plan was other than to concoct large sprawling stories that spread over far too many titles and cost far too much money. Well, you're probably going to disagree with me, but I like the idea of the big stories. I know I, that sometimes if you read a story like Final Crisis of Blackest Night, can be a pain in your ass going, whoa, the death? Or who are they? But I like the idea of a big, say, like a life story of the uh, DC universe. See, I, I like Nightfall, Night's Quest, Night's End, and I like the death of Superman, but they don't cross over into other books. Well, for the most part, they yeah. don't cross over into other books. And there's not separate miniseries that you have to read to follow that storyline. My problem with DC's books at the minute, you couldn't just read Blackest Night and follow the story. You had to read Green Lantern yeah. and the various other times. I mean, I found it quite interesting to their travelling man in Manchester. Yeah. All the pre-reboot DC books are all on sale for a pound a pop. Really? Yeah. £1.50 each. Comics. Yeah. Oh, £1.50 right. each or ten for a pound each. Ten for a ten pound you know what I mean because I was browsing through and there was nothing I was really interested in to be honest all the Flashpoint stuff was there I've read all the Flashpoint stuff um, and to be honest I'm not entirely sure new readers are out there I mean are you the only person in your school that reads comics no no comics not manga Um, Marvel DC Dark Horse yeah one of my friends reads Umbrella Academy only because he Cause, really liked Gerard Way. Yeah, because Gerard Way wrote it. And I know there's someone else who um, is a fan of Batman. 
But haven't? But you've got a lot of people into reading comics, haven't you? I've got a few people, yeah. I mean, you, you you've said today you lent some day X Men. Oh yeah, I lent one of my friends X Men. Right. And because I know a lot of your friends read manga, mm. but not comics. No, I've right. tried getting many people into comics. My absolute still at Liz's house. Yeah, but she's your girlfriend. She's going to read your comics. When your wife, when when your wife, <laughs> when my wife, your mum was my girlfriend, she read comics. Sandman. Yes, and Preacher. She loved Which Preacher. Which is what I came And Lone Wolf and Cub. She loved yeah. Lone Wolf and Cub. Uh, <coughs> so, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if new readers are out there. Um, to be fair, if the first month of sales are anything to go for, it's paid off big time. Hmm. Reports from all over America have sales topping 200,000 of some books, and all of the 52 titles have gone for second, and in some cases, third printings. Of course, you know, as with all things, the, the only real judge of whether this has really worked is time. Whether this is still working six to twelve months from now mm. is going to be the real test, and there still is time for DC to bugger this up big style. There's already the promise of a big crossover in the wings with the appearance of that mysterious purple hooded figure cropping up in all the books. And from the back pages of this week's releases, it looks like they're introducing uh, the multiverse again. See, I think that's the stupidest thing they could do. I think. It would kill off new readership in one fell swoop by going for a short-term investment. Mm. They should, as far as I'm concerned, big multi-issue cross-title crossover should be banned from yeah. DC for at least five years if they're serious about making all this work for Unless a new audience. Some one other than Jeff Johns is doing it. No, Jeff Johns <laughs> should prove to me that he can write. Mm. Prove to me! Sorry. And just write Green Lantern as a Green Lantern book and just write Aquaman flash as an Aquaman flash, but he's yeah. not writing The Flash not now he's not somebody no. else is writing but The Flash every title he seems to jump on he turns into a big intercompany yeah well he shouldn't be allowed to oh, yeah. is the bottom line uh, the real litmus test are the books any good Initially, I was only interested in action comics, Superman, detective comics and Batman. However, Travelling Man in Manchester had a card scheme whereby you bought so many you got one free. So they suckered me but good, didn't they? How many did we end up picking up? Uh, Quite a few. Also, I always have an interest in how properties are updated for a new audience. Sometimes, things like Star Trek and Tom and Jerry are given a new coat of paint but lose a lot of what made them interesting in the first place. Others, like Battlestar Galactica and Doctor Who, managed to update and appeal to a whole new audience. For this show, we've decided to look at the two main Superman books, and at the end we're going to have a brief rundown of all the other books that Travelling Man conned me into purchasing. And Michael conned me. And Michael conned me into purchasing. I only wanted two, three, four comics. Which four did you want? Did you actively seek? Um, Justice League Dark at first, but then I quite liked the look of Animal Man and Swamp Thing. And then I wanted Aquaman. Yeah. And, and that it, was it. It just it grew like Topsy, didn't it? But those are the only four I wanted. <coughs> they were actually damn good. Even Aquaman. Especially Aquaman. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll mention all of that later. Uh, Action Comics number one, which as far as I'm concerned should have been the vanguard of this relaunch, came out on September 7th, 2011, for $3.99. Why were some $3.99 and some were only $2.99? I didn't understand that. I didn't, I didn't understand. Thought was, I thought they were drawing the line at I thought they were drawing the line at $2.99, but Action Comics 1 was $3.99, and All-Star... 
A Justice League yeah. one was three ninety nine. All Star Western. Western was three ninety nine. Any others that we've got though? Double size? No, they're not. As far as I can tell. They are bigger. <coughs> are they? Mm. Alright, well I'll take your word Also Western I know is definitely lengthier in action is as well. Alright, okay, I'll take your word for that. Uh, the cover is by Rags Morales and depicts a jean-clad hobnail boot-wearing Superman with the Eagle Baby Cape leaping or flying, it's not made entirely clear um, through the earth whilst bullets bounce off him. It's good and will attract the attention of non-comics readers wondering why Superman isn't wearing his usual outfit and why the police are shooting at him. There was also a black and white variant which was actually better because you can appreciate the art better because they haven't added that stupid blur effect to the background. Now you see, I've seen both because now I like the black and white one Mm -hmm. and I even asked Adam which one he preferred and he said he liked the black and white one too but I like the blur effect that makes it look like he's moving and it looks dynamic really see I like the blur effect on the cars yeah I know the, the, especially that one there in the yeah the, the one in the foreground yeah. that is quite good but I like that I just prefer being able to see the background mm. to be honest with you it's not as much in the background to be honest no and I, I like the black and white one okay. uh, and there's a Jim Lee variant which has the new costume. Which should have been better for Superman, to be honest. I'm really not digging on that costume. It's grown on me. Does it? See, I quite like it. when it first showed up, I was like, I don't like that. Maybe I'll get used to it. And now I just really don't like it. I don't know what it is about it I don't like. Yeah. I just, it's not doing it for me. It's hard as hell to draw. Is it? Yeah, especially with all those lines. And yeah, stuff. what are all those lines? You've got them on all of them. It's really impressed with it. Uh, it's written by Grant Morrison. Yeah, cue the alarm. With art by Rags Morales and Rick Bryant. As with most modern comics, there's tons of credits on this. Um, Brad Anderson was the colorist. Patrick Bruzzo, Bruzzo was the letterer. Uh, Rags Morales and Brad Anderson did the cover. Jim Lee, Scott Williams and Alex Sinclair did the variant cover. Will Moss was the associate editor. Matt Idelson, the editor. And Superman, of course, created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster. The story is called Superman vs. the City of Tomorrow. Superman jumps and breaks up a meeting with Mr. Metropolis Glenn Morgan, threatens to throw him off the balcony of his office <laughs> unless he confesses everything he's done, because, you know, he's in charge of a city, he must be scum. Even when the police departments are threatening to shoot him. He jumps off the ledge and grabs Glenn Morgan before the two smash into the floor. Glenn Morgan then falls to his knees and confesses. The police race to the ground, but before they can do anything, Superman kicks him in the face and runs off. He runs past a demolition site that still has people living in them, and he stops the demolition by ripping off the bulldozer before a tank shoots an electric net over him. He rips to the net and uses the bulldozer to smash the tank. Another tank then shoots at him and is about to shoot again as he lies on the floor until he's surrounded by the people living there. The police show up again with flying mini Gatling gun helicopters. Superman then jumps away and lands on the top of a building and changes into a mild-mannered Clark Kent. As soon as he changes, an elderly woman, who's soon revealed to be Clark's landlord, asks how he got the injuries and, you guessed it, lists and last week's rent. It's very Peter Parker that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. He pays her and she tells him that two of his friends stopped by earlier and he runs off and phones Jimmy Olsen and tells him not to get on any trains. Unfortunately, they're on a train. Lois says Glenn Morgan's ex-enforcer, Gus Grundig, is stood on the train 
and Jimmy reveals that the train that's on shouldn't even be running. Gus aims at the now panicking Lois and Jimmy, and Superman stops the train. As the train slams, Jimmy grabs Gus. The front of the train then explodes due to rigged bombs, sending the train and an unconscious Superman off the track, through a building, and down a road before crashing into the wall of the Daily Planet. Whilst all of this is going down, Lex Luthor and General Lane watches Superman in a big secretive room. It's revealed that Lex promised Lane Superman and has been setting up his capture. They're already using stuff from the new Krypton storyline. Are they? Yeah, the General Lane Lex Luthor stuff is straight out of that sprawling new Krypton story that they did. So all of that... I'm not reading that, yeah. Um, it's worth reading the new Krypton. Just brief digression. It's worth reading. It goes on for far too long. Mm. There's far too many tangents and there's far too many issues devoted to mon I have nothing against mon Yeah. But you... I was at the point where, oh, I'm up to Superman 698 now, and I know this finishes around 700. There can't be many issues left. And I'm still looking at a pile of comics about 15 deep. Yeah. I was like, what the hell's going on? So, you know, it's worth it's worth having a punt on. Is it one of those that you either like or really don't? No, because I didn't hate it. But you were fond of it. No, I didn't hate it. It was readable. Yeah. Certainly all the stuff with General Zod and Superman's good. Hmm. But like I said, the Mon-El stuff is a bit dreary. The Supergirl stuff's great. Hmm. So, hmm, it's worth going. Anyway, to talk about the issue that we're talking about, because that new Krypton story now never happened. At all? In the new DC universe. No, because no crisis ever happened either. But, according to Dan DeVito. But, but, but... Now you sound like a motorboat again. The but Final Crisis, Infinite Crisis, Grant Morrison's Batman. Didn't happen. R.I.P. Didn't happen. It has to, though. Well, I'll explain this to Dan DeVito. <laughs> That's all I can say to you. He tweeted, tweeted, mm. trended, whatever the frack it's called, that no crisis ever happened in the DC universe. Well, then, um, Batman Incorporated shouldn't be coming out later this uh, this year. I don't. I, I just work here. I, I don't but, make but this stuff. But in Nightwing and Batman and Robin, they mentioned Damien was with... <laughs> Dick and Dick was Batman, but, but Dick couldn't have been Batman unless I, I, unless Grant Morrison's I Batman think your happened. Head's going to explode. <laughs> Final Crisis happened. Yes. Anyway, uh, page one. We've already got Superman with the red glowing eyes thing. Hasn't this already been played out by now? Yeah. Because he keeps those red eyes for the first seven or eight pages of the issue, it doesn't looks he? Better on the next page. I'm just a bit bored of it. There's to be honest with you. all shadowy. Uh, yeah, one, uh, yeah, the bottom panel of page... Is that page three? three yeah, is is better in the sense that it looks okay. But it, I'm bored of it. I'm sorry. I do like that the air shield is, is on the back of the cape. Mm. But it's red instead of yellow. Yes. But uh, I'm sure they're going to explain what that cape Where is at some point. Where did he get his Superman and you know, T-shirt and cape? No idea. Think about it. He's new here, so he couldn't even got the Superman T-shirt out of a shop like you and I can. Well, yeah, he just went and bought one. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Idea. He went to HMV and bought the Superman T-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Morrison has said in an interview that the the cape is his blanket. Right. So that's why it's so small. So presumably... And not that Frank quickly do it. Not that Frank quickly do it. No, maybe that T-shirt is his baby clothes. And it's a t-shirt because, obviously, he's a bit bigger now. Fair enough. That's just my supposition at this point, based on what you said about the cape. Yeah. So I don't know that that's to be true. Um, the bottom of page two, 
going back to the Justice League last week, yeah, where the Martian Manhunter just smashed those yeah. two people into the ceiling. There's a guy hanging out of a wall, and another one just hanging off for a chandelier, which is very, very funny, in my opinion. Uh, page three, glowing eyes, yawn. I got a big laugh on page five, the double page spread, uh, that the guy is saying, somebody save me. Oh. Somebody save me! Go back to impressions, please. Ten years we listened to that, if you watched every episode of Smallville for Which ten years. didn't. No, I didn't. No, like no. any other sane person. <laughs> uh, I do love, there's a little inset there, can yeah, you see that? Yeah, I like that. Underneath DC Comics proudly presents Superman. There's a lovely little shot of him bursting from chains, which is always a cool image, I always like Which has been done a lot. Yeah, that's been done many, many times as well. Page seven, I'm really, really bored of the glowing eyes <laughs> at this point. He's wearing contacts. You think? He's, he's Scott Summers. <laughs> he's Scott Summers. See, this is why people are scared of him. You walk around with your eyes glowing red. Yeah. What do you think? Either A, Satan, or B, the Terminator. <laughs> Neither of which is good. Or a Cylon. Oh, that's too many drugs he's been putting in his eyelids. Yeah, it's just not injecting straight into his eyeballs. It's just, it's just not good at all. Uh, page 11. Oh, no, before that, I do like on page, um, page <laughs> 8 that he just catches a bullet in his hand. Hmm. That is quite cool. I do quite like that. Uh, page 11. Give me a regiment of men like this Superman. How can I call him that? It's like, oh, Grant, you were doing so well. And then you go and make a tedious Superman is a silly name gag. And it's, I don't mm, I don't like it when they do that with Superman. Yeah. Superman's the one that, for me, everyone accepts. He's yeah. just called Superman. That's just what he is. Leave him alone. And it's, I don't like it. He was doing so well before he did that I, little I piece of mockery. Liked- as much as it annoyed me because it didn't annoy me, I quite liked how they call him an it. Yes, but that that's a hangover as well, isn't it? Doesn't Lex call him an it in All-Star Superman? I don't know. Or the new Krypton arc. Somebody, he calls him an it in one of them. I forget yeah. which. Um, I know Lois is also the one who still gave him the name Superman. Lex's line, the, it was your daughter who christened the creature General Lane. Hmm. 33 years after Superman the movie and nobody's come up with a new way to name him. Hmm. It's not that I don't like it. Oh, it doesn't make sense, but really? I can give it a little bit of credit with that, because at least it isn't Jeff Johns this time. Yeah, yeah. See, so does that mean Secret Origin is now gone the way of the Dodo as well? Because that doesn't tie you with this at all, then, does it? No. Alright, so that big hardback that you just wasted your money on. <laughs> Love the line on page 16 about, um, we used to have laws in this town, like gravity. You remember gravity, right? <laughs> because Superman can fly or jump well, or whatever. Yeah. That's I thought he, that was he quite funny. Now. Does it? Is he jumping in he, this? He officially jumps. Right. There's a. We may get to this later, which we will. But in Superman, one of the news reporters says, "I can remember when he could only." Jump yeah, it's Jimmy who says that, isn't yeah. it? Jimmy says, "I can remember when he could leap tall buildings." Uh, page nineteen. Superman threw a wife beater out of the window. Did it? Yes. If you read the dialogue. I heard a woman over in Bakerline whose husband was beating her every night till Superman heard her crying and threw the guy out the window and in the river. Broke both his hips and six ribs. You're not facing a woman now. Which is a reference to an old Golden Age storyline. Yeah. Where Superman didn't take any crap from anyone and just chucked him out well, of windows. Do you remember that old issue of <laughs> Superman which didn't happen now in the Straczynski Grounded run? Mm. Well, do you remember those old... Um, that qualifies as an old issue now, does it? Mm. Uh. Those old... Um, 
hosts these cupcake adverts where it's Lex Luthor tried stealing 12 cookies, cupcakes or something. Yeah. It says in a flashback to Clark's past, he meets Lex Luthor who was in a detention for stealing 12 cupcakes. Was he? Yeah. <laughs> Very good. I didn't notice that. Uh, page 21. Clark works for George Taylor. Well, he works for a Mr. Taylor, which I presume to be George Taylor. Yeah. Which I presume means that he works at the Daily Star. Lloyd Lewis says. Yeah, Lewis does mention he works for a rival newspaper. That's nicely spelled out in here. But in the old Golden Age comics, and Earth 2. Yeah. Or Earth 1. I always mix up my Earths. The one who was married to Lois in The Crisis on Infinite Earths, who had grey temples. You know that comic book shorthand for people who are going grey? Yeah. That. He works at the Daily Star. No, never happened. That now never happened, yeah. Yeah. Um, Jimmy and Lois are introduced quite well here, already on the trail of a scoop. Although Clark works for a rival newspaper, how did he get to be best mates with Jimmy? Mm. Is that something that you think they're going to pick up on? Maybe they bumped into each other down the street and started talking. And just started being buddies. Um, Am I reading it right that the last final few pages uh, are orchestrated by Lex Luthor? So Lex has arranged that train thing. the demolition... He arranged that as well. Right, so that's all Lex. Yes. Okie dokie, fair enough. I did quite like it, yes. Mm. Well, do, what do you have to say about it, Michael? Is Superman knows how to make an entrance for the first one. What, on page one? Yeah, he doesn't just, I don't know, hovers at the window and says, Excuse me, gentlemen. Would you care to step outside? He just, like, smashes through and hits people. <laughs> and he also... <laughs> just smashes through and hits people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he also seems really cocky and arrogant. You see, I didn't get that from him. I got confident rather than cocky. Maybe a little... Hal Jordan was cocky. Okay, maybe a little too overconfident. You think? Yeah. Well, see, the point of this is at this point he doesn't know his limits, does he? No. So, I suppose you would be a bit cocky. I presume the story arc for this is going to be him learning to not be cocky. Without his parents. Yeah. I mean, Christopher Reeve said when he studied the part, when he was playing him in the first film, it's not that Superman has power, it's that he has the maturity and intelligence to know how to use that power. Yeah. So you can argue a case that this is before he got that maturity level and before he learned that responsibility. Well, he only got that from... Jonathan and Martha Kent, didn't it? Well, so you will ask another thing from this. Jonathan and Martha are dead, presumably. Yeah. But how long have they been dead is as yet to be explained. And also, it's been explained in this that he can get hurt now. Yeah, he doesn't get hurt by bullets. They just still bounce off him. Yeah, but he, he took a beating from a bulldozer and took damage from a rocket. Yeah, so if, if bullets bounce off him... Mm. How come a bulldozer... Well, no, see, the bulldozer didn't hurt him. The explosion... I get from that, the explosion took him by surprise. Yeah. More than anything. And made him swear. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't <laughs> swear. He says, good. <laughs> Which, I mean, Morrison argues after that guy banned it. Yeah. I don't forget. I forget where it was. Somewhere in America. Yeah. America's a big country. Um, after the guy banned it because he's taking the Lord's name in vain... Morrison just said, no, it's, it's just he's had the, the wind knocked out of him. Yeah. He could have put, ugh, or oof, or yeah. something like that, but whatever. He's fan of his um, noises, Grant Morrison is. Mm. If, if you read fight scenes, everyone's going, yeah, tuh, Yeah, don't they do that a lot in Bendis books as well? Mm. But I remember an issue of JLA, which I read because I got it for my birthday. There's a big three-page fight scene which consists of, good, fudge, go. Mm. But it's funny that he gets hurt in this. Because I've not read Super Gods, but I've read 
interviews and stuff, he says he liked Superman the most because at then the main enemy was the nuclear bomb, right? Mm. So his parents were big activists on it, and he liked Superman because Superman could take the the bomb and laugh it off. But in this, even a rocket certain him. Yeah, well, I mean, like you say, we'll get to it, but Superman 1, they make a point of how much stronger he's become. Hmm. Um, I do like on page whatever page this is that I'm looking at because we don't have any page numbers anymore. This is page twenty, page twenty-five. If you look on the middle panel, as the train comes careening through the wall, the woman right at the very bottom is holding her hands to her head like on the cover of yeah. Superman number one. Or was that Action Comics? It was Action. Was it Action? So I quite <laughs> liked that. Was a nice little subtle touch. One of my friends was on about that. We were talking about Action One. Uh, he was just saying, "Yeah, I've seen the cover to that." I was quite confused. It hasn't got this crazy, uh, crazy guy running away, scratching his head. <laughs> scratching his head. He's <laughs> not scratching his head, you fool. Wait, was that not him then? Go on that page. Look, that's him. Huh? No, he's not a bald dude. I don't think he looks like it. Yeah. On page twenty-five, the one you're on, page mm-hmm. panel three, there's the little yeah, the strange woman in the purple like hood. Yeah. Yeah. So what's Little Red Riding Hood doing in all these stories? Eh. Mm. I may just have to read the end of Flashpoint now just to try and figure oh, out what's the, the, going don't on. Don't even bother. No one knows from Flashpoint. She yep, pops right. up in one issue. Oh, right, in one page, even. I won't bother reading that then. She um, pops up. So what do you think of the art? Um, I like it. There's times when. What's Rags Morales pop famous for? I what else has he done? Identity, Identity Crisis, right. I knew I knew his but name. If you compare the two art styles together, this looks different to his work in Identity Well, maybe he's just evolved. I did like that they all don't look like actors. Hmm. I did like that Clark doesn't look like Christopher Reeve and Lois well, and Jimmy don't look like Terry Hatcher or somebody else. They, uh, no, I don't get a Christopher Reeve vibe off him. pushing the glasses? No, the, the pushing the glasses is just an affectation. I don't Fair mind enough. that. He's not doing a Gary Frank here and drawing him photo-referencing no, Christopher Reeve, not is he? teeth for that. Well, there is. So I, I quite liked the artwork, but it, to be honest with you. But there's times when... Characters look a bit off, I suppose. Eyes are wonky and that. Well, so, I mean, is he keeping up a monthly schedule on this? Or is he already been replaced? No, he's monthly. Uh, no, Grant Morrison said actually. In the an building, interview, the building, and that one issue. He's there's two artists for it, right. so, but he's also said to that, which kind of makes a fair point. You can't get out a comic on a monthly basis without Stanley and Jack Kirby used to do it every month. Well, look at Jack Kirby's eyes. Not exactly Steve. Raz Morales. Off, off, I'm not having that. I like this that artwork. Kirby's artwork's just as good. That and Stanley didn't write the script. He wrote out what's going to happen in the interview and gave it to Jack Kirby. They still did stick off. Well, they got Kirby writers to do it. Byrne gets stuff out on a monthly basis. Jerry Conway and Ross Andrew got stuff out on a monthly basis. Gene Colan got stuff out on a monthly basis. And only the past couple of years, all your prima donnas who go, I'm an artist, darling. I can't possibly get things out on a monthly basis. Just saying. You you diss. There's times when you've uh, dissed art in a comic book, right? Yes. Okay. You can't do your best work, like especially with this being a lengthier size. You can't do all your best work in a tight schedule, especially when you got your inker to go on after, and then your colorist. Yeah, well, I think you can. Well, you shouldn't be doing monthly comics. You make a comic then. I'm not an artist. Do a monthly comic. I'm not an artist, mm. and I don't pretend to be one on TV. Uh, I'll be honest. I was predisposed to disliking this. 
because of Morrison's this is the Bruce Springsteen Superman comments. I got interested because oh, I, I saw like, Morrison. God, I was really? Yeah, saw an article that was like, he's like, Springsteen, Morrison, Superman. I don't have anything against Bruce Springsteen. It's just that phrase made me go, oh, God, really? Mm-hmm. Um, but this, the whole relaunch should have been this. This issue starts with one of Superman's first appearances. He's been around, what, about six months at this point and works from there, showing Superman as social crusader with some severe limits to his powers and abilities, but also the foreshadowing that they're going to get stronger as he goes on. There's none of this, he's already been around for five years, tripe from the other issues that I've read. I enjoyed all of the introduction stuff and the fact that Superman really is a vigilante, like the early days. And I liked how Morrison kept ratcheting up the tension and threat levels as the boot mm. went on, didn't he? Yeah. I, I liked that. It that was quite cool. promise of he starts from at the beginning and doesn't stop till the yeah, end. Yeah, and it was good. I do like that whilst the military and the police are against Superman, which is a storytelling device that's played out a bit recently, the people love him. Mm. Regular people on the street love him. So I can live with that. Because there is nothing in this that so the police don't like him. Just, just following job, orders, yeah. yeah. And it's one of those things that, yeah, they're shooting at him because they know it's not going to do him any harm. Mm. It's like the, the the whole Batman thing. The police officers will let Batman do their job for him. Yeah. They don't actively dislike him. Um, my only real complaint is that we end on a cliffhanger. And that's not really a complaint because I understand that they want to get people in for next and it's time. A lengthy and decent enough issue for it to have a Yeah, it, it did actually feel like you, you had something to read here. Yeah. It didn't feel like it was three minutes and you were done. I can see the reasoning of having a cliffhanger, you want people to pick up the next issue, but at the same time, new readers may be a bit miffed to not get a full story. It's a minor quibble. Um, but also, Lex and Lois aren't given full names. I'm willing to give that more of a pass for Superman. Yeah. Because let's be honest, 90% of people... No, no Lex Luthor and Lois Lane yeah. if they've never picked a Superman comic up in their life. Overall, I, I quite dug on this. It's not my Superman, but it's an interesting take on the character, and if they exist, I can see newer readers being attracted to this version of The Man of Tomorrow. It reminded me a lot of that Tom DeHaven novel, It's Superman, for some I reason. I quite liked that. That book? Yeah. I like that book. That was, I thought that was really good. Uh, do you have any final thoughts on it, Mr. Morrison fan? No, was it a uh, surprise to you? It was a surprise to me how few Morrison-isms there were. The last yeah. page where Lex is talking about cane toads and stuff. It wasn't a full drug-induced yeah, Morrison. It was corporate. Morrison doing a straight-up superhero comic. The last la- the last bit where he's talking about the brown tree snake introduced in the US territory on Guam after World War II. All of that's very Morrison. Yeah, well, not very. It's a bit... Well, I, it's Morrison. Did you understand it? Yes. It wasn't Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, as long as he can keep this up... Without doing... Yeah, it, without yeah. dropping mushrooms. Yeah. Um, I'm in for the long haul Fair on enough. this particular book. Did you enjoy it? I did, yes. Excellent. But that could just be because I'm very biased. Well, like, were you predisposed to liking it? Uh, no. Right. I, I quite like the idea of that. Okay. Superman. Fair enough. On to our second issue then? Yes. Alright Our second issue today is Superman number one. Uh, well, so this is the second time we've covered a comic called Superman number one, isn't it? Yeah. There wasn't a Superman number one at all between 1938 and 1985. And there's been about four of them since. Yeah. yeah. No, that's just because number one means more money. Yeah, presumably. Uh, the cover has Superman stopping the Daily Planet globe from falling whilst fire nips at his feet. Is it? 
Is he stopping it? Well, that's what it looks like on the cover. Yeah. The story inside will lead you to believe that something else is happening. Also, <coughs> did some did someone else do the artwork for inside the interior? No, the it, cover it's the the covers by George Perez. It's a strong eye catching cover. Yeah. Um, the interiors Perez only laid out. Right. And he's is it, would that be pronounced? He's he is Jesus. Jesus. Got, yeah, maybe because it's got an, an accent right. over you. Because I was going to say I, I, I really liked the interior artwork for George Perez. <laughs> I think he only did the layout. Um, it's only got it's got two problems. That cover. Yeah. Superman's new outfit is hella ugly, and he's got glowing red eyes. <laughs> yeah. I'm a bit bored of that <laughs> by this point. Even from George Perez. Yes, I will say that George Perez makes the cape coming from the neckline work better than any other artist has yet. Okay. But yeah, you're right. It does look like he's wearing knee pads, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't know why Superman would need to wear knee pads. Maybe that's going to be explained. Maybe, maybe he's flying, but then goes, oh no, I need to go save someone and, and fly. Land on my and, knees. And hits his knees and it would really hurt if he didn't have them. Yeah, see, yeah. Okay, that, fair yeah, they're going to do that in action. They'll fall on the floor and scrape his jeans and look like a total rebel. Probably. Uh, the story is called What Price Tomorrow? It's written by George Perez with breakdowns by George Perez and pencils and inks by he, he, with Jesus Marino. So it's another um, artist, writer. Yeah. Uh, Brian Bucoletto is the colorist. Carlos Mangual is the letterer. I cannot pronounce these names. Did the cover. And Will Moss and Matt Idelson were the associate editor and Matt... I oh, said Matt Idelson. Were the editor, respectively. Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster. Which name can you not... Oh, I can do George Perez and Brian Bucoletto. Uh, Bucoletto, I was being... Oh, right. You, you, were, you were doing a funny. I was making a funny. <laughs> you funny. But if you have to explain it, then it's not funny. I honestly thought you were serious. No. You could have confused the Michael, how long have you lived with me? Well, that's why I don't know if you've been serious or not. <laughs> I think it's normally safe to err on the side of probably not yeah. being serious. But, but then I may like you. You're really annoying me. Go to your room. <laughs> <laughs> that's my dad always kidding. No, I'm being serious. The mayor of Metropolis, Rob Morris Rowe, is paying respects to the Daily Planet building, which has been demolished to make way for a new Daily Planet. Yeah, sorry for ruining that way. Yeah, don't worry about it. Apparently the planet has been bought out by Morgan Edge, owner of Galaxy Communications, but Clark isn't in attendance, and, after all that's happened, notes Perry ominously, who can blame him? Superman hovers in the air watching the destruction of the Daily Planet building, whilst Jimmy, who for some reason now looks like Justin Bieber, takes pictures below. He takes off before Jimmy Bieber can take a photo of him in a big strop, and remembers through sepia the recent past. He's arguing to Lois about the takeover, and can't believe Lois is okay with it. The galaxy paper, The Globe, is a rag, according to Clark, but Lois says the new owner, Morgan Edge, isn't like the previous one, rather a powerful, intelligent entrepreneur who, Clark points out bitterly, has been very good to Lois. Yeah, she's sleeping with him. I don't think she is. Away from the flashback, Lois gets a promotion to work with the TV and digital divisions, but Lois points out he should take her old job. In the midst of all this excitement, there's a plug for Stormwatch number one. <laughs> Not an ad, that would be fine. No, the story stops to have a full page devoted to plugging another book. Because all these new readers who just plunk their hard-earned money down for this are going to love picking up a completely unrelated book. Especially when you've got no idea what the hell it means. Yeah, it's like, why is it there? Page oh, yeah. 8. It's, what's it there for? Oh, because Lois says something about a trumpet and so that alien thing plays a 
trumpet-looking thing. Well, whatever. Over at the new Astrodome, there's a strange fire that two security guards are investigating that causes the whole place to explode. But Superman is busy. He sees a planet newscopter and a police helicopter chasing down a tanker truck with extremely hazardous and explosive chemical waste inside that has been stolen by terrorists. Gee, that's terrible. You know what? Well, you've not watched Superman 2 enough, you've have not you? Watched Superman that's, why two enough. that's why they call him terrorists, Ken. Begin a Superman 2 before he goes and rescues Lois from Paris. Okay. They uh. found me. I don't know how, but they <laughs> found me. Oh, dear me. Superman swoops down and picks the truck up. By whilst pondering what to do with it, throw it into space or in the river, it blows up real good. Initially, Superman is blamed for the conflagration, but he is attacked by a fire being who screams loudly. When it causes the Swan Building to burn, people realise that it is tethered to the now-burning Astrodome, and Superman has had enough and attacks. He hears the word Krypton as he does so, and uses a billboard to protect the crowd from the jets of flame. Superman notices the billboard becoming fire rather than being set on fire, but too late to prevent a priest helicopter, priest, police helicopter from being destroyed. He sets about darting from flame jet to flame jet, preventing the tendrils from hitting other targets. But this is just defence. Superman needs to take the offence. Lois, meanwhile, is telling Morgan Edge to f for interfering with her job, and asks Jimmy and Miko to hack into the rooftop surveillance camera just as Superman picks up the old Daily Planet globe from the ruins of the old building and hurls it at the fire alien. With its attention diverted, Superman grabs the fire being and drags it straight up, away from Metropolis. Despite still being tethered to the Astrodome, the flaming creature dissipates without oxygen, and the Astrodome returns to normal, not even singed. Back at the new planet building, everyone comments that Clark must have got lucky to get the fire creature story, as no one saw him down there. Clark, meanwhile, has headed to Lois's apartment to apologise for being a bit of a jerk about GBS's buying out of the Daily Planet, but Lois has a friend already staying over. Friend. Friend. A Barry Allen type friend. Friend with benefits. <laughs> what did you think, Michael? Um. So the Daily Planet was made in 1826. What was it saying that? Page 20, page 1. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, built in 1826. Yeah. Does that mean that if Jonah Hex struts into Metropolis, we'll see the Daily Planet building in uh, All-Star Western? Yes. Because we saw the Gotham Tower being... Yeah. Save the Clock Tower! We saw that being saved. The second Back to the Future reference yes. to the episode. How many helicopter pads does one building need? What, the new if Daily Planet building? Daily Planet one, it's got them all. It's got one, two, three, so presumably there's one around the other side, that's four. Yeah. I'm not getting that the lower ones are helicopter pads. No. And also, don't, don't helicopter pads have to be on the top of a building? Health and safety yeah. precautions. Well, yeah. well, the propellers like cut big swaths out of those windows. Well, presumably. Hey, look at the helicopter! <laughs> no, just say that you people there. Mm. Get one of them and put it on there, and then compare how big a helicopter is. I'm sure that's rather safe. You think? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I'll give you, you that. It's be, a comic book after all. You'd have to make sure your pilot's quite good. Yeah. Um, the first splash page looks downright cool. Well, Superman's standing in the clouds. I think it looks... The, 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 his new costume is grown on me. The colour on it I don't like the boots. Cool. The colour scheme is exactly the same as Superman Returns. God, did people moan about that. Mm. That it was maroon instead of red. But it looks red. It's not the colour scheme that bugs me. I mean, if it's Dean Cairns' outfit in Lois and Clark was a dark blue, mm. it's not that that bothers me. I, I'm not fond of the costume I yet. I like the cape on that. Yeah, I like the cape. But I don't mind the S-Shield, to mm. be honest with you. I liked the art in this. Well, probably because it wasn't George Perez. Well, Perez did the breakdowns. Yeah. So, so you, I, to be honest, I don't see a lot of Perez in this. No, it's, it must be a, 
heavy inker. Well, well he's he, not inked. He's done more of his own work. So, I mean, breakdowns is very loose, isn't it? I mean, yeah. he may have just done little stick figures. But um, Dan Jurgens does breakdowns, and you can still tell it's his work, especially in um, well, Green Arrow. Well, he made you tight breakdowns. In Green Arrow, it's him and George Perez on that. See, that's the thing with Daredevil. Frank Miller started off doing really tight breakdowns for Klaus Janssen, and then as it got to the end of the run, essentially he was just drawing a head mm-hmm. and a body, and then Klaus Janssen was essentially was doing all the Janssen, work. Yeah. So, without seeing the pencils for this... You don't know how we don't know who Perez. did what. Yeah, yeah, because it does say in the credits, Breakdowns by Perez, Pencils and Inks by Mourinho. So he could have just done on a sheet of paper yeah. just a doodle. He could have seen like. the splash page that we're looking at there. He could have just done a big circle where the moon is, then a quick body and said, right, that's Superman. Yeah. And then Jesus Perez, Mourinho has gone away and gone, oh, okay. Oh, Jesus yeah. turned water into wine and George Perez Breakdowns <laughs> into his art. Into, into art, yes. Uh, page 5, part 5. Mm. Superman's back in town. Yes. Uh, someone says. Yes, Miko. Yes. Uh, so Superman's not been in Metropolis for a while before this issue. Do you think it'll be explained into Superman? Mm. Or we'll have to wait five years for Morrison or whoever's writing action then to explain it? I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, they could just be following the Superman Returns thing that he's been away yeah. and now he's back. But I'm thinking, because you've got issues, story, series set five years behind... What do they do in five years' time? Do they stop doing those titles or...? Well, five years' comic book time Yeah. could be 20 years' normal time. I mean, the next issue of this in a month's time... Could be set. Could be the next day yeah. for Clark. So I'm not really too concerned about that. Like Preacher. Yeah, they happened in real time, five, didn't they? Even though you could have two days in one issue. Or yeah. um, page eight. We already have a loose tie into another book. For no yeah, extremely reason. loose. Yeah, you could lose that page, and it um, wouldn't make a blind bit of difference to this issue at all. No, it it, it kind of kills it as well. Yeah, it's like why is that there? I mean, it's one of that. Oh, maybe it'll come in useful three or four issues down the line. I don't care at this point. It's just a Family Guy intermission. Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, it's one of those pointless Family Guy gags that has nothing yeah. to do with the actual plot. Page thirteen, panel two. Wow, he just keeps getting stronger and flying higher every time I see him. Yeah, I remember when he couldn't do much more than leap over tall building a single bound. So five years ago, then. Well, yeah. I mean, they're not actually spelling that out, are they? No. How long Superman's been around at this point? I presume it would be somewhere in Morrison's run. Oh, it depends how long he's going to he's gonna write it for, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I thought that was a cute reference, that. Uh, it's followed up a couple of pages later by This Is A Job For Superman. So I quite like it when they do little cute references. There was an episode of Lois and Clark, a very early one, it may have been just after the pilot, I can't remember, where Lex Luthor is testing Superman's powers. And he's he's kind of like got a checklist. And he's going, ah, so he's faster than a speeding bullet then. And oh, so he can leap tall buildings in a single bound. (laughs) I quite like that. I always think that's kind of cute. Page four. Is our first proper look at Superman's new suit after glimpsing it in the Justice League and better looked in um, yeah, and given a better look at in Swamp Thing. And Justice League Dark. Nope, still don't like it. I have no problem with updating the suit. I went into details of my thoughts on that last week, so I'm not gonna do that again. Well it's ugly, it's just too leathery. I'm just not a fan. Not a fan at all. If the destruction of the planet building is happening at the same time as the dedication dinner, I'm really having a hard time accepting that Perry White's not gone to it. Yeah, he'd be like J. Jonah when the Daily Bugle yeah, crashed down. Yeah, Perry White would be there. Yeah. He wouldn't be sat on his ass at this dinner, would he? No. Is my thinking. 
Essentially. Page five, the girl Jimmy is talking to seems quite important and gives us an exposition dump. As you pointed out, Superman's back. Where has he been? But she doesn't get a name till later on. Mm. So, like, you're scratching her head going, who is this girl? Is she important? That's what I was thinking. Uh, apparently she, she is important. Mm. Glenn Morgan, who is mentioned in passing, is the bad guy that he's chasing in Action Comics 1. Yeah. So there is continuity between the books. In addition, in addition, in addition to Jimmy's new Bieber-esque haircut which is going to seem so dated in, in two years. Jimmy Clark, yes, Clark has a very scruffy new do as well, doesn't he? Yeah. If you notice at the back end of the book, when he finally becomes Clark Kent for purposes of plot, his hair's scruffed up over his head. I think in one issue he gets to go on a date with someone, Lana Lang, but he spends an entire issue wondering what to wear and what to do with his hair. <laughs> Get Gok Wan in. <laughs> um, there's a really jarring change of narration halfway through the book. Did you not think? For some reason, on page 10, this suddenly becomes a newspaper report. It yeah. switches back to Superman's thoughts and then back to being a newspaper Who report. Who was writing the newspaper Clark. Report? It's Clark's report. Right. Because you get to the... I mean, I figured out that it must be Clark as I was reading it because the well, only one there, isn't he? I was thinking it might have been Lois or someone else. No, yeah. exclusive interview by Clark Kent on the bottom of right, page 23, yeah. the Daily Planet interview with Clark. So he got it out quick. So Clark did another interview with Superman. Yeah. Well, Clark fabricated being there. Yeah. What a journalistic ethic. Was no one thinking, how, how, how does this guy know what Superman is? Well, they do actually mention it. They do actually mention it. We never saw Clark anywhere in the area. How did Kent end up with top billing on this? Oh, yeah. And Perry says he was investigating the legality of the forced evictions around the Astrodome, interviewing people when the fire creature attacked. Uh, As usual, it was just luck. So how did Clark see what Superman was doing? He spoke to Superman later on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he spoke yeah. to Superman. Later on. Actually, he's probably that type of crazy person who talks to himself. Yeah, probably. Who sees Superman in the mirror when he's dressed as Clark Kent. Well, being a, being having a secret identity would upset yeah. you a bit. Maybe well, make you a bit schizophrenic. Look what happened to Peter Parker. Yeah, he got killed in the Ultimate Universe. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a bit jerky. Hmm. If it had been told from the point of being Clark's story from the beginning of the issue, yeah. I'd have had no problem with it. But to just in the middle suddenly become a newspaper oh, right, story like what the, the that, hell's that going on the start of when Superman does what he's doing yeah, yeah but you know I didn't get that so if the fire thing was fire as opposed to being on fire does that mean the two security guards aren't dead because the Astrodome comes back at the end and it says there's nothing wrong with it well they turned into human torches for a while yeah but the back to normal I mean no mention's made of them no, but it makes a point of saying the Astrodome's back to normal at the end of it it's a DC comic with dead oh okay fair <laughs> enough uh, the red headed girl on page 24 is that supposed to be Lana Lang in panel 3 it could be it could but be but would she not be uh, Smallville is there a Lana Lang in the new continuity yeah. Clark uses his hearing to eavesdrop on Lois and her boyfriend Jonathan as he walks away mm. I'm not sure about that well, did he use it to listen on them, or does he just hear and doesn't get a cho- It doesn't turn off or anything? Well, I don't know. I did like his reaction to her boyfriend being called Jonathan. Yeah. Nice name. I thought that was quite cool. Oh, what did you think of this one? Well, he seems very Peter Parkery in this in action. Especially that last bit where he's like rejected and goes all angsty and yeah. yeah. See, this is my my big problem with Smallville: the Peter Parkerification of Clark Kent, mm. where they're making him a bit mopey and a bit whiny. And Clark wasn't whiny. Clark was funny. Yeah. 
Well, I thought Clark was funny. I thought this was much more of a mixed bag. On the one hand, it's an extremely action-packed issue with great art and a decent, if pedestrian, story. Again, it's got lots of meat on its bones in that you've not just... It doesn't just take you two minutes to read it. You do have to sit down and read it properly, and it's yeah. good, and I enjoyed it for that. I did like that Clark and Lois aren't an item, and if I'm brutally honest, if this is a real Ground Zero reboot, then I'd be okay with Clark and Lois, and even Superman and Lois, not being an item at all. For forever. Well, maybe not forever, because it is so rooted in pop culture that it's Lois and Clark. So what about the same with The Flash in that case, then? Well, see, I was a big proponent of the Clark-Lois marriage, and if it's going to be dismissed so casually, albeit not as badly as Peter Parker's marriage, Mm. then I'd rather see some things we haven't seen before. Let's see Clark Kent and Barbara Gordon go out with each other, for example. That'd be interesting. Clark and Wonder Woman, like they're doing. No, I'm not... I don't mind... I prefer Batman and Wonder Woman. Well, I'm sure I've read um, Superman and Wonder Woman... Will at one point be an item? Uh, well, I think they, they, meant, they did that in the burn let, one. Let's face it, who, who can burn Superman's children? Well, there is that. You With see, the Flash. You see well, see, I didn't mind the Flash being not married or married. When I was reading it, Barry Allen. I don't remember if Barry Allen was married or if Iris was already dead. Yeah. Was it Iris he was married to? Was that Wally West? No, it's Iris. Is it? Iris West, yeah. It was Wally West. So, Barry, no, no. who was Barry Allen mess, married to? Iris. Right. So who was Wally married to? Tina? No. I don't know. I get confused. But no, to me, Barry and Iris were always married. Yeah. So well, Barry was dead. So it didn't matter. I mean, with Superman, Clark and Lois being married actually helped the book. Because suddenly oh. Clark wasn't coming up with stupid excuses to where he was going. Lois did it for him. And you had women reading it as well. Yeah, and it's, you know, I, I didn't mind that. But the thing with that is, he's kind of being selfish in a way with getting married and being Superman at the same time. Because... Say if you do a dangerous job, like a fireman or something, every day, mum's going to be worried about you, right? Mm. And we're going to be worried about you too. But <laughs> I like that you threw that in as an aside. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting comics. I have to curl. Oh, up, thank yeah. you very much. And um, Superman's doing dangerous things that could kill him and endanger Lois every day. Hmm. Mm, see, I can see your point, to be honest with you. Uh, one of the issues I had with the post-crisis revamp is we went straight into Clark fancying Lois with no explanation or exploration of other relationships. I quite like the Bronze Age stuff where Clark was dating Lana. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that coming back, to be honest with you. I wouldn't mind Lois actually realising Clark's okay yeah. and Clark's busy in another relationship. So it's not him doing the chasing. Mm. Let's see something different if you're going to do that. I like rain. that Superman... Yeah, it does sound like heavy rain. I like that Superman's quite taciturn in this yeah. and not a chatty Cathy and not as friendly perhaps with the press as in previous incarnations I like it I like a super and he gets the job done with the minimum of force what I didn't like was the whole this is five years later than action comics approach it dilutes action comics one like I'm reminded of that old John Byrne joke about the Superboy comics ah whoever will Superboy get out of this death trap will he survive let me just check the current issue of Superman <laughs> yeah and it's like oh yeah okay um, there's a lot to digest in this one more so than the action one. And I'm sure it'll be handled as we go along, but just off the top of my head, were a Superman Bean if everybody's surprised to see him? As he always wore this dog ugly suit, or is it new? What's with Jimmy Bieber and Clark's hair? A Clark and Lois, or have they ever been an item? Who was the fire creature? Oh, There's no mention of Lex Luthor, is it? In Supergirl? Is it? Oh, I don't know right. there's another Superman title where the... Um, 
there was no uh, solicitation for it because it was a spoiler for an issue of Superman. Oh, right, okay, maybe that's that then. Why is Clark, and by extension Superman, so dour? And why is there a one-page interlude to plug another book in the middle of this one? Uh, Did you see a reason for that? No. No, me neither. Uh, I was a big fan of starting the story as far into it as possible, mm. filling in bits and pieces as we go, but this just wasn't as interesting as Action Comics number one. It's not bad. No. By any means. Well, it seems to be the only one to me, which is an actual reboot. Batman's continuation, Green Lantern's a continuation, Animal Man, to an extent, is continuation, all the other titles are yeah. a continuation. Superman's the only one that actually has a Yeah, this is a, a very definite reboot and origin, yeah. restart, isn't it? I like the advert for Hot Wheels yeah, at the like. end. With, but notice, yeah. at the back of this brand new initiative... An all-new look, an all-new direction. He's still wearing the old costume on the adverts. Yeah. Well done, DC. Heartily approve of that. Okay, very quickly, we're just going to give another rundown of the books that we've read. Batman number one. Did you read Batman number one? No, I've not. I thoroughly enjoyed Batman number one. It did, did everything a good issue one should do. It introduced you to all the characters, mm-hmm. and it ended on a really good cliffhanger. I see. I know I've dissed ending first issues on a cliffhanger, but it was a good one. Yes. Birds of Prey. <coughs> um, it was all right. Uh, have, you, have you read all of them? I've not, I don't think I've read all of them. No, right. I've not read all of them. I've not. Um, I've not read Blue Beetle, Catwoman. Right. Um, I'm not sure read about that. The only pages I want. You read the page that matters. Detective Comics. I've not read yet. Have you not? No. Green Lantern Corps was all right. Yeah. I Vampire, I wasn't overly impressed with. Resurrection Man, I've not read yet. I want to read that. Do you? Yes. Okay, fair enough. Green Lantern number one, have you read Green Lantern number one? I don't want to read it yet. Because you've not read War of the Green Lanterns. Because mm. that is very definitely just picking yeah. up where the other one's left after. Uh, Animal Man? Animal Man number one. Have you read that? Yes. Yeah. I have, I have it in my shiny hands here. I liked this. I liked it too. Uh, I was surprised by how much I liked it. I liked the little newspaper stuff. Yeah. As well. Um, it seemed much more like a horror comic. It did, yeah. To be honest with you. Maybe it should have been and Vertigo. I really liked the art as well. Yeah. It's, it's, it's different. Yeah. Uh, and in a good way. Not different crap. Yeah. Uh, Swamp Thing number one. I thought it was... You thought this was kick-ass, didn't you? It, I thought it was kick-ass, even if it felt like an, a continuation of the Brightest Day stuff. Well, I haven't read any of that, and I still enjoyed this. I did think oh. it a bit odd that our first proper look at Superman is in, this. Is in Swamp Thing. Yeah. Costume still crap. Wonder Woman number one. I thought it was all right. Yes. I was only interested in it because of Cliff Chiang's art. Were you? Uh, yes. See. Hmm. I'm a fan of Cliff Chiang. Right, fair enough. I didn't mind this, despite not being a huge fan of Brian Azzarello. Mm-hmm. Green Arrow number one. Thought it was alright. First big surprise of the, the lot for me, this. Standard, yeah. straight up, straightforward it superhero is a comic. Superhero comic yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. The art's brilliant. I thought Green Arrow number one was okay. Right. Writer's already off that book. Really? JT Krull, Keith Giffen's taking over. Fair enough. Well, um, George Perez is stepping down from Superman as well. Yeah, that's after issue seven, isn't it? Yeah. So he's got seven issues worth of story then. Um, Deathstroke. I thought it was alright. I thoroughly enjoyed Deathstroke. I didn't understand how on page three he's cutting off J. Jonah Jameson's head. <laughs> it's a very he is. Yeah, if you have a look at that. I enjoyed this one. I like the ending. I don't want to give the ending away, even though we spoil things routinely I, on this I, show. I was but I like the ending. The ending. I thought, Were you? Well, why? why, why? Like the, I quite liked it. Nightwing number one. I thought it was alright, but proves that Dan Didio is a complete stupid idiot. Why does it prove that? It's a continuation from uh, Batman and Robin. Yes, it is. It's a continuation of 
Final Crisis, which, which never is an add-on to... Yeah, yes. So. I thoroughly enjoyed Nightwing, but I'm always predisposed to liking a bit of Nightwing. Batwoman! Um, the art was damn good. Gorgeous artwork. But it was a letdown. Miss Greg Rucker, didn't it? It did, yeah. It yeah. did. I didn't hate it. I no, quite enjoyed it. It was perfectly readable. Yeah, and a bit of cheesecake in it for you. Uh, the Batman and Robin. Also proves Dan Didio's stupid. Yeah, okay, because Damien Wayne's in it. was quite... Fun. Yeah, it was, it was a good read. Didn't, was didn't dislike right it. Up. Firestorm the Nuclear Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much with you there. It was alright. Well... I don't know that I'll be picking up any more. Batman the Dark Knight. Yeah. Alright, why is there an Arkham breakout in Batman the Dark Knight and Batman? Why not? Okay, fair enough. I actually quite enjoyed that one. Maybe well, I enjoyed that one because I read it on the train. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know why that would be with your enjoyment. I'm not sure about all that. You are the father of your own fear. Yeah. Swear to me. Swear to me. Uh, Justice League number one, we, we spent an entire episode covering Flash number one. It was alright. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I like the art more than anything. Do I'm, you? I'm a, a fan. I like I'm that they actually took the time to tell us who the character was. Uh, he's on DeviantArt, you know. Is he? Yes, I did not know that. All Star Western was fantastic. Yeah. I loved All Star Western. Really did. I thought did. it was alright. I thoroughly I, enjoyed it's it. Just I, like, and it's got an like excellent cover. Jonah Hex as well. It was very grey. Yes. It looks like something out of the 70s on that. I loved it. I thought All Star, All Star Western may, have be, may very well be my favourite of the lot of them. Really? Yeah. I mean, pick me and get another, ask me that question on another day, you may get another answer. Oh, yeah. Batgirl! Alright. I enjoyed Batgirl. It did its job well. It did. Obviously, it did. Yes. I mean, Liz liked it. Well, that's a ringing endorsement. A girl liked it. Brilliant. Aquaman, surprisingly it good. Was, yeah. Wasn't it? Even though not much. Happened. I'll be honest with you, lovely reader. This was one of my free, because I wasn't buying Aquaman. Uh, imagine my surprise how much I enjoyed it. Mm. And finally, Justice League Dark. I thought it was very, very fun. Even though not much happened in it, it did introduce all of its characters and the characters that Justice League didn't. Excellent. Well, I haven't read that one yet. So I am preferred to, prepared to defer to you in that particular one. Which ones will we be carrying on buying? Swamp Thing and Animal Man. Swamp Thing and Animal Man for you. For me, I'll stick with Batman and Dark Knight mm. and Superman and Action Comics for now. I will also definitely continue to pick up Green Arrow, All-Star Western, Nightwing and Batgirl. The others are very much on a case-by-case basis. Mm. I think. So, there you have it lovely listeners he says as he puts the comic books away we hope you enjoyed relaunch month it ended up being more than month didn't it it did didn't yes. we end up doing this for six weeks yeah it's a long month just accept it next week it's nothing but the 90s that's our little tip to our little tip of the hat there's Mr. Michael Bailey uh, my, uh, Batman Matman Mike Mike I don't know Batman Night's Quest kicks off next week I've already started reading I've done three weeks worth of notes for that already because I'm looking forward to it alright we'll see you next time bye bye Kids Comics is a The Devil Will Make Work for Idle Hands to Do production, and all opinions expressed by Michael and Andrew in the show are the opinions of Michael and Andrew and probably not to be taken too seriously. All music and sound clips used in the show are copyright the respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. 
Michael and Andrew make no money for this, much to their chagrin. New episodes drop every Thursday at apleyland.podomatic.com, which you can also listen through our Facebook page, which you can friend us on by using Hey Kids as the first name and Comics as the second name. You can also listen on our website, where you can also view the covers of the comics we've covered this week. That's www.heykidscomics.webspace.virginmedia.com. If you have an opinion on our opinions, you can email us on heykidscomics at virginmedia.com. We also have a forum, www.forumforgeeks.com, where you can drop by and say hello if you're allergic to email. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Hey Kids Comics. Hey Kids Comics.